Hello, everybody. Thank you once again for staying tuned to the Refactory podcast. I am Michelle, your host. And today I will be discussing um, my experience as a student in the surgical technology program. Um, I, I'm doing this podcast mainly to be informative for people, considering there's not much content out there, especially raw content as to um, what people go through um, when they're going through school and what to be expecting so um this is why i'm doing this podcast so let's get to it so i want to start off by saying that my experiences um as you know being in a surgical technology program has been a lot of ups and downs um initially when i first enrolled in a private college um i was only in that college for about a month and then the college ended up closing down. And this was in the city of Long Beach. Um, that school no longer exists. Um, so therefore, um, I had to deal with student loans and getting them taken off of my record so that I can apply elsewhere. So I actually ended up applying at Newbridge College, which currently now they're non-existent. But in the time, they were booming. They were a pretty well-known college, um, which I had done my research to see if they were uh, properly accredited in order for me to sit for the exam. Hence, the first episode I made. So if if you want more information on what to look out for, you can go ahead and um, tune in to episode one. So with that being said... um, My experiences at this Newbridge College was amazing. I had amazing instructors. I had had, uh, two surgical technologists who were my preceptors, and then I had a doctor who was giving the lectures um, for surgical procedures, and then I had a nurse who was giving the basic courses, um, and she was an LVN um, and also a surgical technologist. So... um, Therefore, uh, my experience was, I would say, pretty amazing. It was very, very informative. It was a lot of information being fed, um, and it required studying. Um, So with that being said, I know the college um, were able to select the people that scored the highest in the class who they felt would be a perfect fit for their bigger contracts that they have with hospitals. And luckily, I was chosen to go to one of their biggest contracts, which was uh, Kaiser in L.A. So that's where I was a student. That's where I did all of my internship. Um, luckily, I didn't have to bounce from facility to facility. I just w- remained at the big facility. And my experience there was a very, very a good one. So our rotations, we had to do every single rotation. And we were also told that we were going to do a heart rotation and that rotation would only consist of two to three days. Now, as a student, my very, very first case being my first case, first day, first everything was an orthopedic case and it was a total knee. And for that time, uh, you would have to open 13 trays, up to 13 trays that were from um, the reps uh, the you know um, I think it was the pew 
So then on top of the 13 trays, we had to open the basic trays, which was the basic, like the total knee tray, the curettes, the osteotomes, etc. So I remember showing up and I was standing waiting to see when my preceptor was going to enter the room. And to my beholding, he never showed up in the beginning. So I had a really strong nurse whose specialty was orthopedic. She was the main nurse that ran that room. And she basically looked at me and said, well, what are you waiting for? Why haven't you opened? And I looked at her kind of like in a scared look, confused look. And she then realized she had asked me, is how long have you been here? And I told her, this is my first day. So I, I know that kind of frustrated her and it bothered her um, because I've I feel like she was going to be running behind with the patient. So she basically told me, hey, look, all I can ask for you is for you to do your best. Open what you can. And when I come back, if whatever's on the mail, I'll help open. And I said, okay. So I opened all the small items that I could find. I opened my sutures. I opened gloves, gowns, towels. Um, the only items I, I couldn't open as a student was the Ioban, the cement mixer, the drains. I, it was just, it was too much for me. So, um, I basically did was I watched her open, um, all these items along with the pulse lavage. And, um, from there on, I just basically had to grow some balls and opening big items on my next case. So I, I realized that the more I opened, the more comfortable I got. Um, so luckily I had two excellent doctors who had tremendous patients and I am so grateful for them. Um, considering the orthopedic specialty, the physicians can be a bit quite of a colorful character. So luckily they are were educators as well and they love teaching and they and, and they love to tell you uh the the reasons behind a patient having a total joint as a student it was all informative for me and i i absolutely loved it um and the more cases i did with them it the easier it got for me so as students should know is yes i was very nervous yes i was very anxious Yes, I was very scared. Yes, I was confused. I was lost. I was sweaty. I felt like every the whole world can see me shaking, scared, shitless. But um, luckily, I was able to manage everything. And I didn't sweat as much. And so as the time went by I got more and more comfortable with opening and opening big items so for those students that are out there listening to this podcast wondering should I quit because I'm inadequate should I quit because this is too hard should I quit because nobody's giving me the time or the day should I quit because I am too nervous. Should I quit because I am such a klutz? Like all of these things come with the territory when you're first 
a student because you're stepping into a new world and a new language and new everything. So please, students, don't get discouraged. This is why I'm doing this podcast so that you don't have to feel like you're the oddball or you're alone because nobody has the guts to say how scared they were or how what stupid mistakes they've made or because we've all been there and for someone to to lie to you is not okay so that's why i'm here trying to keep things raw for you so that you don't get discouraged because the ultimate thing i want for you is for you to succeed and for you not to feel like the oddball because we all make mistakes even the most experienced techs make mistakes the thing is is once you've made the mistake you have to know how to correct that mistake you don't ignore it you don't brush it off because that is where your surgical conscience steps in and that is a muscle that you need to develop throughout your career is the surgical conscience you'd be surprised as how many techs fail to have this muscle strong in their practice okay so moving along so that was my first case in my first experience then later on i was put into neuro where i would do anterior posterior spines and learning to bend the needle till this day i still have issues bending the needle when we do the anterior portion um, or an a-lift or anything like that that we do um so to this day i still struggle with it i don't scrub spines anymore as much as i used to but when the occasion occurs i still need help and i tell the surgeon hey i need for you to show me how you want your needle bent but other than that everything's groovy but the thing that helped me get through my internship and get through tough and difficult cases was note taking now i i i i it boggles me when i'm precepting new students and they tell me how they are taking mental notes but guess what your mental notes will fail because there's going to come a time where you're taking a mental note of a case and weeks can go by before you actually do that case again and guess what when you are booked to do that same case that you took mental notes for you're not going to remember so this is why i say physical notes is always better This is what helped me get through my internship, taking physical notes, drawing pictures of instruments that I had no clue existed or what they were used for or what it did. Um also, I also drew pictures of my back table layouts or my back table setups, my mail stand setups, instruments that I needed to put up, what I needed for certain procedures and certain specialties. Um if it was like for the anterior posterior you you break down and then you you reset up um i've i even took notes about that you know my first mail stand for this for the posterior section this is what i need for my anterior section this is what i need so all of these notes come in handy believe it or not um they come in very very handy and in your notes the things that you need to write there are obviously is the surgeon's name the surgeon's gown size if he requires a different sound, a gown size um gloves you know always 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 open extra gloves you don't just walk in with one set of gloves you have to open multiple gloves 
just in case you contaminate, just in case your glove rips, just in case your glove gets caught in the most weirdest things and your glove rips. Um, you always want to have a, a, a backup, a backup to your backup. So any kind of note taking would help. Even on the field, save the tabs that you get from the gowns right on that. Write your sutures, write what the surgeon likes, write if the surgeon's right-handed, if he's left-handed, um, you know, different little quirks that you notice, write them down because all that can be useful. Medications, what kind of medications does the surgeon likes to use? Does he like to, you know, close his skin with staples or suture? If he closes with, with staples, what dressings does he want? If he closes with suture, what kind of dressings does he want? I mean, it's all different for every surgeon. It's all according to surgeon's preference. But um, this is why you do the physical note-taking. Also, what helped me get through it is learning the reason why we're doing surgery. What is the, why are we doing the surgery for this patient? What was the diagnosis? How long did it take for this patient to get diagnosed? What was the patient's experience like? Does the patient have allergies? Is the patient allergic to uh, betadine? Are they allergic to alcohol? Are they allergic to, to uh, plastic tape? Are they allergic to shellfish, to iodine? All these things is very important. The, all these things you need to know because it's going gonna, it's gonna to determine what type of items are being used for that particular surgery. Um, if they're latex allergy, you know you're not going to be opening latex gloves. You're going to be opening non-latex. Uh, luckily, some facilities have gone away from using latex items, although there's still some latex items still being used to this day. Um, but these are all things you want to look at. Um, uh, um, what else? Let me see. So with that being said... Um, again, I just have to keep reiterating that you're not alone in feeling the things you feel, you know, the, the feeling of anxiousness, nervousness, um, unsure, un, undetermined or, or unappreciated or overlooked or angry, or you feel dumb, you feel incompetent, um, all these feelings we, we've all had them at one point and we've, we've all gone through them. There's also times where like I went almost two years without eating meat when I first went in my internship because meat to me was the grossest thing to even look at and even eat. For some people, it affects them in different ways. For me, that's how it, it impacted me was through foods. I couldn't eat certain foods because it reminded me of human flesh. So... Like I said, I'm here to keep it raw and real. And so moving along, I also in my internship was able to do a whole month of hearts, which was amazing considering I was one of the very, very few students that had the opportunity to scrub nothing but huge cases um, from neuro to ortho to open hearts. So for me it, it, i had an amazing time i had such a blast i mean obviously i did other cases as well because it's a part of the curriculum that you have to you have to rotate through um you know general plastics euro gyn ortho all these ro different rotations that you would have to do prior to sitting down for your exam so 
Uh, with that being said, yes, you are going to meet techs that have very, very bad habits. Try, you know right from wrong, you know the theory. As a student, don't learn the bad habits, please. Please, please, please do not learn bad habits from techs that have been techs for either a very long time or a very short time. Um, you already know that the don'ts and the do's. Okay? Um, and trust me, you're going to come into the field knowing one thing that it's supposed to be done one way. And you're going to see most techs doing things a different way or questioning sterility which is normal don't be afraid to ask questions i to me i always tell my students no question is a dumb question so there is no right and wrong question there is no stupid question or smart question a question is a question if you're unsure of things you ask always always ask um what else so for me um i i did see pretty awesome cases I, I saw a case um as a student where it was literally from a hollywood movie from face off i don't know if you guys are are know about that movie but it starts john travolta and johnny cage where basically the face gets peeled off and gets put onto another person um but in this case it was something similar except the, the person's face was pulled off all the way towards the um close to the maxilla basically because the patient was intubated so to see the human skull with the with the face peeled off basically peeled off halfway was something i mean such an a such an experience exhilarating and scary at the same time um but we were doing this procedure because the patient had a frontal aneurysm And the only way to access that part was through um, peeling the face off and creating a rectangular shape with the drill holes on each corner following with the saw to cut into the skull bone to create what we call a, a, a skull flap. So once the skull flap was pulled away, the brain was exposed and we were able to find the aneurysm Um, to where they could clip the aneurysm and prevent the patient from passing away um, from sudden death or anything like that. So that was a huge setup. Luckily, I worked with an amazing tech who has many years of experience and who has done difficult um, ENT cases because it was considered an ENT case slash um, vascular. So that was um i mean it was in some cases words can't describe what you feel what you think what you smell like your all your senses are so hyped that you you see things differently um in some cases you will find yourself sobbing because of the diagnosis of patients because you will go in there open a patient up and as you open them up you're closing right you're closing them right back up because they're just filled with cancer and there's nothing you can do and sometimes these cases will get to you um they've gotten to me throughout my many years of experience and i have to say if you ever ever in your career feel 
that you are emotionless, careless, you you have no respect for humanity, it's time for you to change careers. Because in this field, it never gets old to help people. Yes, we help people sometimes in a very instantaneous way where we see results almost instantly. And then there's results that you see and you know we've done good, but you, you'll never know the outcome because we don't deal with patients. We don't see patients post-op. So, um, But just knowing that we're helping people is just an amazing feeling. Um, and always trying to remain ethical and have integrity and have that strong surgical conscience is just amazing. You can, you'll never go wrong. So again, students, for those students listening to this podcast, please don't feel like you're the only person in the world that is, that feels this way because you're not. Okay. It'll take some time getting used to, but you'll get there. Um, Please, I don't want to discourage, only encourage. Um, So that's been my experience. I also know that a huge part is played by your behavior or your attitude. And if you have a positive attitude of always wanting to to learn, always wanting to to, um, help out, people will open doors for you, believe it or not. Um, I am a preceptor that if I see a student take the initiative of wanting to learn things, then I will let them do um, a, a majority of the things. But if I feel that a student is doesn't sh- like shows lack of learning or lack of anything, then my attitude towards that would be having them either scrub out and just sit and watch or stand back, don't touch my stuff. Because ultimately, the preceptor is the responsible one. So again, it's all about attitude and it's all about how you approach things. If you approach things in a positive manner, you'll more times than not, you'll get a very positive um, response. So again, attitude comes a long way. And again, guys, another thing is please do not limit yourself in the knowledge. Knowledge is endless. Do not limit yourself to specific surgeries. Don't just do general. Don't just do plastics. Don't just do GYN. Do everything, no matter how tough the case is, no matter how scary the case is, no matter how bad the patient is. You step in and you learn because this is the only way you will learn. This is the only way you become an excellent tech. This is the only way you will conquer your fears of blood, of bodily fluids, of everything. You just have to get in there. And the best way of doing it is while you're a student. Because once you come out of the student role and you start practicing on your own as a surgical technologist your mistakes will not be looked at in a positive manner Uh, people will criticize you the medical community can be a bit cutthroat if you will but like i said learn as much as you can now while you're a student um so please um do your due diligence if if you're if you're doing a case and you have no clue why we're doing a case do your research 
do your research why is this person having this kind of surgery what was their outcome what was their symptoms what was the signs what was um how is this surgery going to benefit them um is it going to expand their life is it not going to expand their life is it um how is it going to impact the, the patient so always keep that in mind always you're always striving to continue learning never never stay um never stay still always you're always you should always have the mentality of wanting to learn new things okay um so that's my best advice i can give and that is my experience my experience is i'm a surgical technologist with almost 15 years of experience i've done every single specialty from from open hearts to vascular to thoracic to plastics micro microscope um i've done major ent cases i've done um hand and feet i do major ortho i do totals i do spines um and some spines are considered ortho as well they're not always all considered neuro but they're also considered orthopedics um i've done um urology i've done oncology urology um um gyn oncology i've done oncology orthopedics um i've done um sports medicine i've done trauma i've i mean you name it i've done it i've even done organ harvesting um in several occasions and like i said in this field you will be involved emotionally um mentally and physically but what matters is when you hit a difficult situation don't freeze because your surgeon is relying on you to hand them what they need not what they ask for more times than not um so again um i love this field with my all my heart and i will never change it for the world for me this um doing this job is a stepping stone for me as i'm in the i'm in the process of going back to school to becoming a physician assistant in the OR so um there's so many different pathways you can take but i also am a anesthesia technologist as well or technician um there's two different levels in that career um so like i said your knowledge is endless don't limit yourself keep learning keep pushing keep growing because by you growing is what's going to help you become a better technologist for surgeons i mean i've been in situations where surgeons um they're so used to doing it their own way that when they work with a technologist who has had multiple exposures to different surgeons and different um specialties different ways of doing things sometimes they'll reach out to you and say hey this is a difficult case this is how i normally do it but what other techniques have you seen and so based on that um sometimes they'll take your advice sometimes they won't ultimately is their call but if you've been exposed to different things there's always options there's always suggestions that doctors are willing to take so um Like I said students don't you're going to have so many emotions right now going through this because you're being bombarded with so much information that your brain is being overloaded so 
please just take a day at a time. Don't feel that you're dumb or you're inadequate because you're not. This is the learning curve that you have to get through. Once you've passed the learning curve, you will become comfortable. And I guarantee you, mark my words, do things right now as they're told to, for you to do. Later on, as you go, things will start to click. Things will start to make sense to you. And you're going to turn back and say, wow, I know now why I'm doing this. Okay, it's not going to happen from one day to the next. It's not going to happen while you're in your internship. It's not going to happen maybe not even in a year's time. It might happen two years from now, three years from now. But I assure you, one day you're going to wake up and everything is going to make sense to you. So please don't give up. Don't get discouraged. Keep pushing forward. Push hard study review these things is what's going to give you the fundamentals of you doing your job if you and let me give you an example if you're gonna tie what are the next two options you're gonna give it's either gonna be a scissor or it's gonna be a clamp okay it's tie clamp tie cut clamp tie cut scissors followed by suture scissors okay sometimes it's not always going to be a scissor it's going to be a, a tag which is a it can be a kelly it can be a, a mosquito um so if you're able to anticipate that you're on the right path same thing if you clip clip with a clip applier you're going to clip clip then you're going to cut okay same concept so these are just little examples i'm giving but Again, as you know, you're not alone. Thank you, everybody, for listening to that segment of my personal experience. This is the Refactory Podcast. I am your host, Michelle. Um, there you have it. There, That is my experience. Um, I don't know how much more to reiterate that don't get stuck scrubbing one thing. Don't get stuck doing one specialty. Do all specialties. Expose yourself to everything and anything um, that you can possibly expose yourself to. Um, learn as much as possible. Um, information is endless and at your fingertips. If you have questions, please don't hesitate to ask. You can contact me via email at sterocoreprep.20 at gmail.com. Again, that email is sterocoreprep.20 at gmail.com. Or you can message me through Anchor, through the podcast. Um, or you can also visit the website at www.sterocoreprep.com um, where that website offers uh, different services. Also, it offers a career path into sterile processing. For those who don't know what sterile processing is, um, have a look at the link. I will be um, adding the link at the bottom. And uh, like I said, you're not the only people that feel uh, stressed, overwhelmed, anxious, um, inadequate, lost, 
so many different emotions, but we've all gone through it. So keep strong, keep your head up and keep going. I will be posting more episodes on surgical technology and keeping it raw and real. Um, I'm thinking of putting up basic setups, basic things to have for general cases. Orthopedics, I will be going through um, different trays, different items uh, that I know people struggle with. And I know orthopedics can be quite intimidating, um, considering if you're not familiar with the different sets that are being used, like the small frag, large frag, the mini frag, uh, different reps use... um, have different systems like the right company not right as in r-i-g-t-h-t but as in right medical w-r-i-g-h-t um and that's a podiatry um system but if you can get the basics of orthopedics uh you can work basically any system including your maxillofacial systems um and it'll be the same concept so i have a, a couple acronyms that i would also would love to share with you since i have you here um and this is just a few um that we've i've kind of used to uh, help me when i've had my preceptors uh, teach me like for general surgeries i had the acronym acronym of don't jump in so and this is referring to the to the bowel for some people um do struggle with the names of the small intestines so for the acronym don't jump in uh, it would be don't for duodenum, jump for jejunum, and in would be for the ilium. And then there's another saying they have for seeking the appendix, and it is called, if you seek him, you shall find it. It meaning if it's reversed, it's an acronym for terminal ileitis, and that's where the appendix is normally located. And for orthopedics, um, the acronym that I was taught was don't marry too soon which the don't stands for drill, the Mary stands for measure, and the two stands for tap, and soon stands for screw. So if you can memorize these acronyms, it'll help you a lot in determining what the next step is, or in case, in this case, what you're looking at. So for orthopedics, the, the two is not really used as much anymore. Um, they still use it in some specialties like podiatry, They'll actually tap before they screw. And so I will be making another podcast specifically only to the orthopedic um, specialty. Okay, where I will be discussing um, surgical trays, instruments, names of instruments uh, that are commonly used, um, draping that are commonly used. So I will be going through all that. Also, I will also be going through general Um, I've noticed people do have questions as to what items are supposed to be used for general cases when you're doing an exploratory laparotomy. So I will be going through those items as well for those who are interested in learning more. Um, So also I'll be covering the different bill roths and the the root the roots and why um, and what they're used so those three things are actually different um, they are re- they are inclusive to the same body uh, organs um, which is involving the stomach small intestines um, two of them which is the Bilroth one and two is normally for either cancers tumors car- adenocarcinomas in the stomach and or severe ulcers 
and the the ruin why is actually for bariatric surgeries so i will be covering that more in depth later on in a different podcast so please stay tuned to the refractory podcast and if you can you can um please subscribe or you can donate just to help maintain this channel and and so that i can post more episodes as we go through the other different specialties and if you have any concerns questions please feel free to hit me up or send me a message uh, through the media outlets that i've given um, i will be posting some links below as well so again you guys have a wonderful and blessed day hopefully this podcast is very informative and helps people that require help or understanding um, as to all the different emotions that the surgical technologists do go through in a daily basis so um, again thank you for supporting this channel and hopefully i can uh, hear from you soon and please stay tuned to more episodes thank you guys and have a wonderful and blessed day bye-bye